Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. I don't know what you come to do, but you ought to give God some praise. Ain't it all right? Ain't the Lord all right? He woke you up this morning, started you on your way, put you in your right mind. Ain't it all right, y'all? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise him. It's time out. It's time to praise him. He done brought us through COVID. Well, we can move a little bit better. He done brought some of you through some sicknesses. Well, you can come and you can praise him. Some of you going through, it's time to praise him. Praise your way out of that mess. Praise him. Come on, everybody put your hands together just for a little bit longer. And all I want everybody to do is say thank you. Say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've been so good. And you brought me. Amen. He done brought us through. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you and give you honor, glory, and praise. We thank you, Lord, for this praise period, Father God, that we were, the Holy Spirit just have its way. So now, Father God, it's time for your spoken word to be spoken unto your people, Father God. Could continue to have your anointing touch us and keep us, Father God, and embrace us as I share what you've given unto me through the gift of preaching by the anointing of your Holy Spirit, that your children might hear, Father God, open up their ears, their hearts, and their souls, and their minds, and pour them out a blessing that only you can give them by your anointing. So touch now this, your servant, Father God, in a special way. So now, Father God, I pray that my best blessing, prepare to edify your word unto your people. They might receive what you would have them to receive through this message. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First of all, give it honor to God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to our pastor in his absence, Dr. Jesse L. Grice, to the ministers, the deacons, the leadership, and to all my brothers and sisters in Christ, and all our guests and those who are joining us online as well. It's just good to be before you this morning. Amen. I will be coming from 1 Peter, first chapter, verses 3 through 7. 1 Peter First chapter, verses 3 through 7. And I won't be before, before you very long today. We're going to shout you and let you go eat and thank God for the rest of the day. First Peter. First chapter, verses 3 through 7. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And the text reads, this is Peter. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance 
incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though, though now for a little while, if need be, you have, come, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Before you take your seats in the presence of God, give someone a love bump and say, everything is of God. Everything. I'd like to tab this text in which to preach true hope comes from God. True hope comes from God. I want to open up with this little introduction that was placed on my heart to share. God in his mercy and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ has given Christians a living hope that cannot be taken away. Even though our lives may be excruciatingly painful, in him we have resources to continue living holy lives. God the Father has given us who, who he is the one who's given us this believing for a living hope as a result of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our hope lives because we have a living Savior. Our hope exists because Jesus hung, bled, and died but got up from the grave and went back, and he's waiting to come back to receive us. That's our hope, and it's a living hope. Some of you have never really looked at hope from this perspective that the Lord lay on my heart to share, but I want to share a little bit about this word hope. The Greek word is elpis. Translated hope in the New Testament has the connotation desire of some good with expectation of obtaining it. This comes from the complete word study dictionary. Hope based on God and his sheer promises is vastly different from fleeting hope of this world. Human, meaning natural hope, is transit and illusory. And the majority of the secular thinkers in the ancient world did not regard hope as a virtue. So in your human hope, and it's not godly hope, what those two words mean, transit and illusory, it just, it, those mean temporary or really not real. That's when you're thinking in the natural hope. But in godly hope, when you have hope in God, it transforms into something that is real and something that is true and something that is relevant. So when Peter is writing this in this epistle, he says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord, Je our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Jesus did not stay dead, but he got up and he lives and he resides on the right hand of the Father. Once you become a Christian and you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, you have a piece of a living God living within you to raise up that spiritual person, that spiritual individual that will eventually reside in eternity as a gift for your surrendering to his son, for your obedience in his word and telling you there's no way to get to heaven unless it's through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. No one can come unto the Father except by me. So I want someone to understand that because I know we have some Christians who are still struggling with your faith. I want to make it very clear. You got to put all your hope in God. You got to put all your, your business in God. You got to put all your relationships in God. And in those situations, put all your hope in all them different aspects in God. And what you'll find out is things will go a little bit better. Because you see these folks, they go and hope they're going to win the lotto. It's illusionary. It's not real until it happens. How about the Belmont Stakes? When you go out there and you, I'm going to put it on this horse. His odds is one to nine. If I put $100, I'm going to make this much or that much. You see a lot of hope. Worldly hope going on in worldly things. Or if I put a little bit of money here and invest it over here, I'm going to make this and then the stock market crash. You put your hope in the world. But when you put your hope in God, when you put your life in God's hand, he'll take nothing and make something out of it. When you're hungry, grocers will show up. When you ain't got no money, a check will show up in the mail. When you, need, when you need food on the table, somebody will cook you something. And it says somebody, the Lord said to bless you. When you're in need for your children or whatever, all of a sudden God shows up and somebody is a blessing on behalf of the Lord. When you need a job and you thought you wasn't going to get a job, all of a sudden everybody wants you. See, God, with God, you get options. You get options. And that's the beauty about God. He can give it to you any kind of way he wants to. But the problem of us sometimes, we don't get it the right way, the way we expect it. And sometimes we tell God, I don't want it. Well, you gave away your blessing. Sometimes blessings come in different ways. And God wants to see is your faith in him or in the way you, your rationale of thinking. A blessing is a blessing the way I see it. And when God blesses me with a gift or something like that, I have to say, thank you. We got a whole bunch of unthankful folks, and I'm trying to figure out why, and they're sitting up in the church. He woke you up this morning. He started you on your way. You got a car to drive. You got gas. You got money in your pocket. You got clothes on. Your family's doing okay. Say thank you. So my first point about true hope comes from God is hope is a gift. Romans 5 and 5 says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. You see, when God gives you that, 
the Holy Spirit and you become saved, now you got to work on your faith walk. I mean, you got to work on this hope that you have because he's given you the gift of life through that Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, when God gives you that, what he said is, is this, this is another version. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given in us. Now, in that version, it talks about how God's love, God loves each and every last one of us. And it's a gift. He rains blessings on the just as well as the unjust. So within those scriptures, what we see is a wonderful result of hope is delivered by the Holy Spirit of God. That's why the secular people, those who don't know Christ, they're wondering how you get through what you're going through. They wonder how do you have what you have. They wonder how do you get what you have. And when you get that opportunity and they get in front of you, do you know a man named Jesus? That's the question that you ask them. And if they don't know a man named Jesus, well, come here, let me tell you about the man named Jesus. And then you can give your testimony about what Jesus has done for you. I didn't have nothing, so I prayed, and he blessed me. My family is doing fine, and I asked God to bless my family, and they're and they doing fine because I asked him. I'm going through a tough situation. Why am I, am I doing it with joy? Why am I walking through, going through this situation? Because he gave me the Holy Spirit, and I have the fruits that's in me, so therefore I can't stay down long. I got to get up and give God some praise because I know at the end, everything is going to be all right. It's a gift. You got it in you. Don't let nothing keep you down as a Christian. We got too many Christians committing suicide. We got too many Christians giving up hope, depression, and all the other things. And these children are watching this. We got high school seniors finna turn into adulthood. And they think they brave. But as soon as mom and daddy, whether they watch them walk out that door, they're going to look around. Where they at? Right here, you. It's on you right now. When you walk out that door as a grown person, hey, it's on you. We can't hand carry you to go get your benefits. You don't need us to sign as your guardian no more. And a lot of times our seniors, when they walk out, they, 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 you telling them, hey, prepare yourself. Mom and dad done told me this. I don't believe that. You listen to them friends. You putting your faith in them friends. They ain't got nothing. They ain't went nowhere either. I don't know why you listen to somebody that ain't got no more than you got. You already done messed up. Y'all should be encouraging each other. Let's go get us something. Let's go get us an education. Let's go get us a job. Let's go learn how to provide. Let's go get, let's go, let's go get something with the help of God. It's a gift. So as you transition as a young, from, from a high school to a young adult, put your hope in God and thank God for wise counsel. Your mama and your daddy, your, your grandmama, Aunt Susie, Uncle Fred, Uncle Tom, whoever poured in, thank God for them too. Hope is a gift from the Holy Spirit. So as you transition, and even us as adults, sometimes we forget that hope is a gift. We forget that God gives that to us through the Holy Spirit because we go through some things and we lose ourselves watching Housewives of Atlanta, brothers out there going to the domino hall and the pool hall hanging out and getting their mind all crossed up. Oh, I guess I'm the only one. Okay. Hope is given by him, his works together 
to give us confidence, joy, peace, power, and love. That's why God gives it to us as a gift. When we have our hope in God, that's what you get. You get confidence, joy, peace, power, and love. That's a true gift. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't giving up my peace for nobody. When you have peace with God, let me tell you something. Ain't no other peace like that. When you have peace with God, when you're walking with God, when God, yeah, love is good, I, I appreciate all of it, but it's something about that peace. When I ain't got all that, that stuff that everybody else is going through, I'm praying for y'all, but I'm at my house saying, thank you, Jesus, I got peace. That's real talk. Who wants to be going through, really? I don't see no hands. We all going to have our turn. But we got to pray for one another when we see our brother or sister going through, and we should encourage them. And say, God, give them back that peace. Give them back that joy. That's why it's important that we unify in the body of Christ. My second point is hope endures. This living hope that Peter talks about here is that hope endures. He says here in the fourth verse, he says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though not for a little while, if need be you have been grieved by various trials. We all are going to go through different types of trials and situations. Some of them or allowed to happen, but some of us need to raise our hand, and some of us just say we made some bad choices. See, everything ain't the devil, because sometimes we the devil, and we messed up, and we created a problem. So it's important that we understand sometimes we made some bad choices, and therefore we need to repent and line back up and get back with God, and get back with God's people. See, hope endures. When this hope, enduring hope, Proverbs 23 and 18 says this, For surely there is hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. For there is surely a future for you, and your hope will not be cut off. And here in Proverbs, when he's talking about that and he's sharing that, what he's talking about that is we have a future if we put our hope in God. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. So you have to understand, if you read a little bit of wisdom every day, which I do, I try to read a little bit of Proverbs every day, you will be, have an import, and this is for the young children, kids. If you have a little bit, you take a little bit of Proverbs each and every day, it may not sink in right away, but if you meditate on it, if you pray on it, God will show you how to apply it to your life, and you'll be much better off. Because he says, he says that that hope will not be cut off. So when you're living with God, it won't be cut off. Because when you put your hope in someone else, oh, Lord, how long is it going to last? But when you put your hope in God, it's going to endure. It's going to go through. You see, hoping in God would never lead us into despair. Because he has plans. He has plans for us who look to him. He has a future that is full of hope for all of us. Some of us are still searching for our purpose. Some of us are still trying to find it out. Ask God to show you what your purpose is. Put your hope in God to deliver you to that, that hope because it's going to endure. And when you go through your trials and, and deliberations and things of that nature to reach your goals, to reach that future that God has shown you, what you'll find out is, is he will deliver. Yeah. 
each and every time. This hope with God will make it. Our seniors, our adults who are looking for careers or whatever. Now look, here's the other side of hope, why it endures. Remember what I said, you may not get it the way you want it, but you will get it. So you got to be very careful with God whenever you ask him for something. Because whatever you ask for, he's going to give it to you, and it may not come the way you want it, but you can trust and hope that it's going it's to happen. You may not get your degree in four years. It may take you ten years. But in between that, look what God is preparing you for. Look what God is doing, doing this for. We all won't receive our gifts from God and blessings the same way as what I'm getting at. Too many times we look over here instead of looking at here. See, we, if we, we take the time out to look at ourselves and how God is progressing us in this living hope and in our lives, what we'll find out is that it, it creates a greater faith in our walk. It creates a testimony to share with someone. And therefore, we, our hope endures when we let people see us enduring. We can give someone else some hope that they didn't even know existed. I.e. someone saying, I want to know Jesus. This hope endures to all generations. We're doing a whole lot better than the generation before us. How many of y'all ever hitched up a horse to a wagon? Very few. But imagine waking up every morning and have to go get some firewood to heat the house. Imagine giving up the luxuries that you got right now. All we got to do is flip a switch. We got climate control. We have it better than the generation before. Their hope endured, and it carries over the generation after generation after generation because God gives it to us. We should want better for the next generation than what we had. Because believe it or not, we're living off their hope and we're living off their prayers. It's amazing how you go back and you listen. I always challenge the young people to go back and listen to the elders. And they tell me how they cool the house. They talk about they used to get an ice block. And put a fan in front of them. That was their air condition. I said, I don't want to know what that looked like. I'm glad I could go turn my switch and my air. I get cool. 60, 75, whatever. But that's what our forefathers went through. And that's how far God has brought us. Where we can live now. We have a comfort and we won't even pick up the Bible. We have all these comforts, and sometimes we have to realize that God has brought us through through the proud generations, that we're living off that hope, so therefore we push it off to the next generation, that they understand that that hope is continuing to endure, so you keep passing to the next generation and the next generation, and so on and so on. For is it an inheritance? So that's why we want our kids saved. That's why we want all our family saved. Some of us got family right now. Me too. Them jokers ain't been more saved than the man on the moon, but I'm praying for them every day. I ain't gave up hope. We still got time. But I'm going to keep praying. Every day. My final point. True hope comes from God. True hope comes from God. Romans 15 and 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing 
that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, us Christians, he's talking to Christians. If you're saved and you got Christ in your life, notice what the scripture, the passage says. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. The significance of that scripture is you got to believe it to receive it. You have to believe that God gives you your joy and your peace. You have to put hope in that. And as we talk to our young children and as they grow up, we need to put hope in their lives through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It was amazing this morning how God worked this thing out. I had to teach the preemies and the middle school this morning. And it reminded me I had to realize I had two two people, two, two ages of groups in two different levels. So it reminded me I got to make sure whenever I teach and whenever I preach, I reach everybody in the name of Jesus. So the little ones, I gave them activities. The larger ones, I gave them a book, and I, we started going through the Bible verse by verse, and I ran out of time, y'all, and I said, thank God for VeggieTales. I clicked on the camera and said, thank you. You see, you can't make no excuse when you got a God of living hope. You just got to get in here and serve him. You got to get in here and understand he wants us to do what he needs us to do for his benefit. So when we put our hope in God, God will show us and we'll stop making excuses about what we need to be doing and we'll start doing it. See, true hope comes from God because if you watch us in our lives, we put a lot of hope in other things and that's where we have to be careful. You see, sometimes we hope for things in which there is no hope. And a car can't bring true hope. I know you want that Maserati. Keep working. Keep working. But there ain't no hope in that Maserati. It's going to get old. It's going to get worn out. It's going to wear out. And you want to go buy another car eventually. But get your Maserati. It can bring a feeling of contentment and exhilaration, but not real hope. Financial stability can't bring true hope. It can bring security and a level of easement, but not true hope. We got it temporarily. We all need it. We all want it. We desire it. We want to be comfortable. Thank God we have finances. Amen? A spouse can't bring true hope because a spouse's abilities are limited to what he or she can control. I.e., every now and then, we ain't on the same page. I.e., you want this and I want that and I'm going to get that regardless of that, right? You limit your ability. I got hope in you, baby. I love you, baby. True hope comes from the one who created hope, God. True hope comes from by trusting God, even when circumstances are difficult. One way to know whether you're trusting God is whether you're obeying the word of God. We have to get in the Word. We have to study. We have to prepare ourselves through the Word and have hope, trusting what it says and believing. Trust produces obedience, which produces hope, which results in joy, peace, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what Paul ends with this seventh, when Peter ends with this seventh verse, he says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, for 400 years, 
between Malachi, between, between, between uh, Malachi and Matthew, it was 400 years there was no prophets. There was no words coming from the Lord. But God allowed his only begotten son to be born through a virgin named Mary. The prophets knew of what it said, but yet they lost hope in what was written. And they became self-righteous. They became self-pleasing. And they put burdens on the people and they left the love of God out the sovereign God who had given them the law to do it. But thank God that he sent a man named Jesus. Thank God he sent a savior through that virgin. That hope came. And that hope grew up. And after, after 30 years, he began his ministry. And in that ministry, he put hope back into the world. He put hope into a mother with a woman with, with an issue of blood. He put hope into the blind. He put hope of living hope into those who were deaf. He put hope into those who were going through. He put hope with those who were dealing with, with, with sicknesses and evil spirits. He brought that living hope as identity to let us know that everything is going to be all right. He put hope to let us know that if he can do it then, he can do it now. That's why we have to get in the word. That hope is still living. If you get in this word and you trust it and you believe that God is going to bring you through, that same hope we, we have in Christ still lives, but he resides on the right hand. Because over 2,000 years ago, he went to that rugged cross in your place and in my place that we might know that he loved us and he cared for us. And they hung him wide. And they ribbed his hands. And they ribbed his feet. And they hung him on that cross. But he didn't come off that cross. Love kept him on that cross. Letting you have the hope you have now kept him on that cross. And he told the disciples, when I, when I leave on, I'm going to send back a comforter. And that comforter is the Holy Spirit. That's the power that resides in every Christian. And I don't care what you're going through, call the name Jesus. And bind it in the name of Jesus. And everything will be all right. Because Jesus went to that cross and he hung and he bled and he died. The Bible says blood and water come out. That blood covers your sin because the Bible says sin is crimson. Therefore, God covers your mess with his blood. And therefore, you are saved. And the water washes us, cleanses us. But I thank God that they put him in a borrowed tomb. But early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in heaven and earth and that's what we live in a resurrected savior that is waiting to receive us so while you got time while you got breath trust in this living hope because that's truly where hope come from Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.